Hello, welcome to Looking Over the Fence, episode six. Am I right on that, Mitch? Six episodes already? Yeah, six episodes already. Yeah, it's fallen by in that. Oh, mate, I'm I'm really enjoying doing this with you. What a little brainchild we've had together to do this lovely little Looking Over the Fence podcast. Yeah. So, anyway, today, first of all, how are you, mate? Oh, mate, I'm uh, I'm absolutely brilliant. This podcast has been going on longer than Liz Truss's tenure as Prime Minister. <laughs> yes it is yes it is i'm just going to give a little layout of what's going to happen so what we're going to do guys today is we're going to have a little talk about current events and how um i don't want to say fucked but how how things are going in this current country or the climate of the country we're in have a little current events conversation with you mitch and then we're going to move on to the beast of the day uh, education reform how we feel that the education system should be reformed um and how we would change it and how we think it should work so Let's hit up the start of the show, Mitch. Tell me, current events, what's happening, what are you thinking, what are we brainstorming? Well, I think the obvious stuff is uh, Liz Truss's tenure as Prime Minister is over. Um, a short-lived, well, the shortest, um, <laughs> the shortest career as Prime Minister ever. Um, we're looking at, um, I think, a little brainchild is I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pitch to you. A new segment, if that's all right. Okay. Um, okay, wait, wait, wait. Segment, you mean segment, you mean new system? Yeah, not like we do the current events. I think we need to do like a Paul's predictions because so far you've been absolutely bang on. Trust will be over in two weeks. That'll bang on. Um, basically, every prediction we've had, you've been all right on so far. Right, sweet, mate. I appreciate that. <laughs> it's mad to think that you think the worst and it's come true. <laughs> Thanks, mate. I'm mean, I'm just basically cynical as fuck, and I really think the worst. I wish I was gambling, uh, mate. I mean, the worst is coming true when you tell me what when you tell me what's going to happen, mate. And that's the worst that's going to happen when you think you tell me what you think is going to happen. That's when the worst has come true. But you tell me what's going to happen in a minute. So current events segment. What's your segment? Um, yeah, basically the the new Tory leadership race, mate. Um, Rishi Sunak obviously is. Is in the Jeremy Hunt has said I think that he's not going to run, which I think is a really good idea because so far he's he's he's, he's started off as Chancellor really really well, in my opinion. Um, There's only one way he can really go, isn't there? Yeah, that's. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, honestly, you can't go any further than how fucking Quasi put it. Exactly. And then come in. Exactly. Wow. Anyway, but, so um, you, we're happy. You're happy. Jeremy Hunt staying the same. I'm happy. I'm, I'm happy that Jeremy Hunt's going to stay as chancellor. I think one name that's uh, in the hat. He has 25 supporters currently. Um, he needs a hundred to enter the race, and that's Boris Johnson. Now imagine that if he comes back in. Oh fucking puke mate it's fucking disgraceful especially because i was fell for his bullshit i mean i used to fucking love him i used to be like fucking mayor look how much shit he fucking did but really i mean i thought he was fucking brilliant i thought he's hilarious but it's all a fucking act it's all a gazy with that man he's a charlatan post-truth populist he just fucking goes on and he is funded by the most corrupt people did you know right okay here we go so i'll go i'll go into it mate because you've, you've really twigged my tongue you knew it would twig me and it just drove me crazy you knew it was anyway so boris johnson getting back into back into power even though he's been proved as a liar as a natural liar and he mid less parliament you know and and, that, and he still comes back so did you know that in the 80s like in the conservative party 
7 million people were like in the parties the party system there was like 7 million people like in each party like the, the people like us me and you used to give money to the like party, party members. members exactly exactly now it's like 100,000 in the conservative party do you know why that is it's because the money took over mate the money took over the oligarchs and um that's why i'm telling you i'm going to tell everyone anyone who's fucking listening anyone's listening listen to london grad okay but on tortoise if you're on spotify just put london grad on and hear the story about how boris johnson and lebelef and all the russian kgbs basically bought up the whole of kensington and the whole of london and how they actually influence politics in the conservative party now it's completely outrageous mate but no one wants to know. No one gives a thing. I talked to my mom about it. She's like, I don't mind. I don't care. You know, oh, Boris got us through COVID. No, no, no. Boris's mates in the media got us through COVID, you thick mother. Open your mind. <laughs> open your mind, woman. And I said to her, open your mind and see the media. They tell us what you want to see. The BBC, the Daily Mirror, the Sun, it's all paid for. It's all paid for by donors to the Tory pie to let us see. You saw the hatchet job they did on Jeremy Corbyn, mate. They they, they hatcheted it. Oh, it was horrible. So can you not make me feel sick at the beginning of this podcast? Because I really don't want to have the taste of vomit in my mouth as I'm talking for the rest of the show. So, Yeah, that's fine. I will... I will agree with you, mate. I will agree with you that the hatchet job that they did on Jeremy Corbyn, I hated to watch it because it was basically a, a smear campaign Yeah. Um, on a guy that seemed to have some really good policies. Granted, th- th- there wasn't a lot of... They, w- they weren't really funded, but they were really good policies. It was a change. It was, it was um, a change. So it was a bit of a smear campaign. I'll give you that. I think the big thing for me, I think this is what's turned me, because like you, um, I was quite a Boris supporter at the start of, well, before he became Prime Minister, at the start of his Prime Minister tenure. Um, what what struck me is, as bad as Theresa May, may or may not have been, when she had to resign, you could tell it hurt. Yeah, you could see, yeah, she, she got upset, didn't she? She was crying. Um, I mean, I remember being on... I remember being on I remember being on the verge of tears, saying that this has been a privilege and it's the country I love. Uh, thank you for, yeah, for, for voting for me. And, um, and I remember that quite well. Not Obviously, fair play to her. I mean, I think she did not a great job, but that's because she was organising a Brexit that she didn't really believe in. Um, and it's the same, and it's almost the same with Cameron. I think Cameron left and he seemed to be he seemed to be really dig- dignified about it. He said, "Listen, I, I, I'm an advocate for staying in the EU. I don't think we should be we should be leaving the EU, but the country's voted. I can't agree with that vote, and I'm going to step down." And yeah, seventy two percent voted in the referendum, so I'm still pissed off because I mean, only seventy two percent voted, so it's not really a democratic vote anyway. So that still pisses me off, but um, that you know, it's fine. If they chose not to vote, it's their choice. But we're going to get into that another time because next week we're going to have a nice special, aren't we, Mitch? We're going to have a nice little one-on-one, aren't we, mate? We're going to have almost like almost like a live show where we literally just press record and chat about anything and everything for an hour. No, don't bore them, mate. 40, 40, 40, 40, 45 minutes, guys. Don't, no, don't, don't worry. It's not going to be an hour. I'm not going to talk to Mitch for an hour. But... <laughs> Sorry, yeah. You don't have to hear my voice for an hour, yeah. Well, I've got a bullet in my head. 
Oh, mate. So, yeah, Boris Johnson, Prime Minister, no. Is that your prediction? Is that what you think is going to happen? What are you thinking? How are you feeling? Let's uh, start rolling the wheels on this. What's happening? Well, I think, will people vote for Rishi Sunak? Probably. Will he be able to put his, his name in the hat? Probably. But if Boris Johnson gets 100 supporters and it's a choice between Rishi Sunak, Boris, and some unknown competitor. Uh, be Penny Morgan. I can see Boris getting it. But I can see, I can, I can still see Boris getting it because he has the pull, he's been in the offices. Unfortunately for me, I feel like he made a mockery of, of what it means to be Prime Minister, what it means to have that mandate from the public. And when he's, when he's leaving saying, them's the breaks and... Hasta la vista, baby. It's, it just left a bit of a sour taste in my mouth to see that somebody that I held as quite an important figure in negotiating Brexit, getting us through COVID. And, and you know, it's, it's left a really sour taste. To be honest, I don't think he got us through COVID. I think... He- Sorry, I just got to say, he didn't get us through COVID. He just gave us money and told us to stay in our houses. That's all he did, yeah? He didn't do anything. There is no getting through COVID. It's just like, stay indoors, sing happy birthday. Clap the NHS. And uh, here's, uh, here's 80% of your, here's 80% of your wages, which also, and then his the people who lobbied him and donors, they got so many contracts out of there. The NHS is, mate, it's such a dark system. But look, Boris, unfortunately, is going to become it unfortunately i don't want it to be i i think it's gonna be sick but the only reason that the tories would put him back in charge is because he has the connection with the media to be able to propaganda the public into convincing these idiots sorry general public not all i, I didn't want to call the general public idiots uh uh well the um, general public to vote for this gentleman who's a boris buffoon so that tactically makes sense for the tories to put him in charge so that they can potentially win a general election because oh boris is back oh boris you know yeah he likes a party that's the la vista baby and you do you want that well how fickle of the tory party if he gets 100 supporters after being ousted by the party if he gets 100 supporters how, how how much integrity do those Tory Tory members actually hold? Oh, it's all about the money, Mitch. It's all about the money, mate. That's why the cabinet that all the cabinet ministers, all his cabinet, Bojo Bojo's cabinet was full of morons, like uneducated charlatans that just get their donors, and that's why because they have the money, they bring the most money to the literal table, the cabinet table, and that was why they were there. And anyway, that's what's going to happen. But fair play. I mean, it, they, it, Rishi Sunak or Boris, if they put Rishi on there, I mean, he's going to fucking not win an election because everyone's going to hate him for the amount of tax he's going to make us pay. Um, you know, maybe he should just donate some of his millions and billions to the public people. That'd be great. Um, but hey, this is a dream. So, yeah, um, you know, it's Boris or Sunak. Penny's, um, you know, she was in Theresa May. Yeah, so, you know, her and Boris never got on well because she was with Theresa May as the... Uh, Defence Secretary. She was Theresa May's cabinet member for the Defence Secretary, and, and three months after Boris got power, she fired. He fired her. So you know, you know, if she's you know if she doesn't do it, she's not going to do it. But I think, Mitch, I think that's it. Are we? So you're, what's your, you haven't actually given me your prediction. What's happening? I think Boris is going to get. I think Boris. I, do, I think Boris will get it. Boris will get it again. But I think an official poll prediction 
from yourself is that Boris is going to get it. I agree with you. If Boris enters the fold, I think he's going to get it. And But, I mean, we're going to need to come up with some sort of a sound effect for a Paul's prediction, just in case, so we can... So we can officially track everything that you get right. I wish I was, mate, but I mean, it's 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 going to be a clo- it's going to be a close one. Um, I, if if Keir Storm is listening, oh yeah, mate, we love Keir. If Keir Storm is listening, like we know he does, you know, you, you're going to be uh, you're going to be asking PM questions. You're going to be asking asking PM questions to Boris Johnson again if Paul's prediction's right. Um, and on that note, we'll head on to what we want to reform this week um education yes brilliant yeah education reform how are we going to change the system how i mean i know i've gone back in 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 uh, one of the other episodes uh, gun control and private education and how i was about um getting rid of private education in this current situation in this circumstances current edu- private education that's uh, that's what i want to say I just stick with. But if I was to be able to change the system, this is what it's about. It's about total reform to education. I'm going to start off by letting Mitch take the reins on this one because, hey, he's the Mac Daddy. I've done enough talking. You're bored of listening to my fucking pretentious voice. <laughs> Mitchell, take the reins. <laughs> Tell us about your baby I'll, education reform. I will take the reins on this. So we've spent the last um, seven, eight days. I want to make sure all the listeners are aware that we don't spend a, a huge amount of time doing this. It's literally we spend seven, eight days trying to think of a brainchild um, on how we could reform the system, hoping that if, if somebody has something to add, um, you know, you can get in touch with us and add things to it. And you never know, we might be able to start something, get something together that actually makes sense. Um, and I mean, who knows? Let's see some general reform. Now, the angle that I'm going to take on school reform um, is all to do with the funding, um, which I think is a massive part of, of policy in general because it's going to cost the taxpayer uh, an immeasurable amount uh, to fund schools. Um, and I think when funding is cut, when cuts are made to schools, I'll, I mean, it's a saying, it's kind of a crude saying that I always say in life, it's shit travels down. Um, and unfortunately... The bottom of the ladder when that happens, when the cuts are made, is the pupils' education suffers. Um, with when cuts are made, teachers are seeing a system that's letting them down. They get less motivated, and even though obviously teachers get into this, they get into this job because it's a noble thing to do. They're doing it to hopefully to better the future generations of the country. And when they see the system failing them. Um, you know, it's, it's impossible to not to lose motivation when you're seeing it. And when a teacher loses motivation, the, the, the pupils can see it in the class. And when you see it in the class, once you lose the pupils, they stop learning. That's my opinion. So I want to go through how funding is done first. Um, so schools per pupil in real terms in 2021 till 2022, you were looking at around about £6,500 Per pupil. Well, wait, 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 so, so six and a half thousand pound per pupil. So that's how much they. That's how much of a monetary value they put on each child's education. Yes. Now it's it's distributed differently because the schools have a formula, or sorry, the government have a fo- a formula, a national funding formula to make sure that schools per pupil funding reflects a number of factors. 
including the characteristics of their pupils, like how many pupils have fallen behind, how many pupils receive free school meals, the geographic location of the school to reflect salary costs. A lot more things that you can read into. Right, so, sorry, so, right, can I just, can I just sum that up, sorry, because, I mean, that sounded very, you know, just correct, and it just made my brain, like, jingle in its head um, <laughs> about them numbers and that beautiful research you've done. So you're saying to me... Yeah, what I'll do is I'll, I'll summarise... Now, are you you want to summarize? I mean, I think I should summarize because then it shows that you've imparted wisdom upon By all means. you. You've imparted wisdom upon me. I've listened to you, Mitch. Is that's what you want, right? So, so you're saying that okay, the six yeah. and a half grand per child um, is what the government had the formula for, but it's not six. Like, so they say there's three hundred children in the school. It's not six and a half grand for each child. No, it's based on a catchment area around the school. And it also takes into the average salary of that salary of that area of equality. Um, so if there's people with disabilities, people who can't afford like the feed their feed their children at home, or if they they're on benefits, basically, if they're on benefits, right, they get more funding. The primary school them kids go to gets more funding. Is am I on the right right one? Yes, yeah, so very similar things. So what, we'll, what I mean, I don't know about your area, but what we tend to see is in. Um, in the impoverished areas, in the areas like central city, inner city schools, tend to have quite good facilities when compared to schools um, out in the sticks, basically, is what I'm trying to say. Um, and that's because the number of pupils in the catchment area are going to require more free school meals. They're going to require possibly more support financially in terms of uniform. They are potentially, because they are financially less better off, more likely to fall behind in classes. So school will then get more funding as well. Um, and I believe... Wait, wait, so they just said they've got a number on this. They've got a number on these kids. They've got a number on that. They, 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 we're just numbers on a paper for these ra irrational people who, have, who has no idea about what that child is. It's just like, oh, that child comes from... That is... Oh, Mitch, please tell me, please tell me when you come up with your brainchild, baby, that this is going to fucking change. I want to hear it. Let's finish. Tell me. I, I hope, I hope I can. I hope I can sort it because it's, in terms of the, the, the formulas done currently, um, in as far away as they can think of, but the actual distribution of that hasn't taken into effect, into account what's actually happening in schools. So, um, from my experience alone, I grew up in a town called Blackburn, um, not the most well-off town. Um, I was, I didn't go to a school technically in my catchment area. I went to a school in a village called Bamber Bridge. I went to a Catholic school and I had, um, a brilliant education there, um, they had a lot of really good facilities because they were a sports and IT college. Um, and the teachers were, were... Wait, sorry, wait, so was it in your was it in your catchment area not, in this school, you said? Not technically, I don't believe. If I was to go through every school... Is this was, for year seven? Is this for, like, after primary school? Mm -hmm. Was this primary school you're talking about? Yes, yeah, so, no, 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 this is after primary school, so in secondary school. I also went to a school outside my catchment area for primary school as well. Okay, yeah. The, um, I'm more interested about getting into that secondary school because when I joined secondary school, when I was in London, when I lived in London uh, as a kid, uh, we did primary school up to year six. And then we had across the road, we had Brentside 
high school and Brentside Primary. I went to Brentside Primary at Brentside High across the road. But I got mm-hmm. into a school two miles away over the other side of the hill, Drayton Manor. Mm-hmm. Um, because I had better results in my tests, uh, which I don't totally agree with, um, but I was able to get into that school. Is that the same kind of thing you had, where you had better results? No, not at all, mate. So um, basically, basically in primary school, um, I mean, I was I was never a, a bad student anyway. I got good results in my SATs, uh, but I was already in a school outside my catchment area then. If I was to list list off the schools that were closer to me, um, I could easily get through two hands, easily. Um, and yeah, I went to a school that was outside my catchment area, and the schools inside my catchment area. How big was the pop? How many? How yeah, How many kids went there? How many kids were you in your class in that oh, school? Um, we had uh, six or seven sets, and each set had maybe twenty, thirty pupils. I want to say. So it's 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 quite a big. It's, to be honest, it was it was it wasn't the biggest school, but it was it was quite a large school. Now when I look at the was it like an academy? Was it an academy? Was it funded or was it government? No, it was um, it was a a state funded school, but it was also a sports and IT college. So they got funding for that as well, which did help because the facilities were absolutely fantastic, um, and I feel like that was almost a workaround. Now that I've done a bit more reading into the how funding works, I feel like that was almost a workaround to get themselves more funding because the area in which the school is based isn't exactly an impoverished area. There's a lot of nice nice, nice areas around that school. Um, I, I don't remember there being a lot, of, a, lot of, a lot of kids getting free school meals. Everything tended to be paid for. Um, and... You know, it was. Ooh, so this is this is like that. This is like the, this is like the class, isn't it? This is like the you're in a state school. It's a free school, but again, so this. But this is when we went through that episode earlier when you was on about getting rid of private schools. I was saying I don't think you'd get rid of the class divide. Um, that was what I was sort of alluding to. Wait, what the fuck? Why the hell did you not mention that in that argument, mate? Where where is your brain? I mean, honestly, you mentioned that to me. I, did. I would I would invite you to. To, to listen back, I, I, t- I told you that that it wouldn't work. Yeah, you did. I remember. Sorry. Yeah, but you, you you know what? You need to like you need to like because you've told me about your story now. I'm more entwined to listen and feel that opinion because you have given me part of yourself in that reference, and that is why now I understand it because you're an interesting person. Not that fucking debate about you know rich people getting into rich schools but yeah so on that point well i'd just like to add on that point is that in there's a, a few schools closer to my house now that currently have outstanding facilities and they're in slightly less better off areas they have absolutely brilliant facilities fantastic facilities to drive past those schools you can see that the facilities on offer there are absolutely brilliant now at the time that i was not going to those schools a lot of kids were also not going to those schools and yet they still got the funding anyway is what I think is probably happening with this formula. Ofsted takes that into account as well. Um, now, the Chancellor in the autumn budget, so whoever wants to read back and find out who the Chancellor was in autumn, I feel like I'm count- counting down the Chancellors till Christmas at the minute because there's been that many. Um, I think it was... Um... Oh, what was his name? He was uh... Osborne. When was this? Back in when? Oh, autumn budget. 
Autumn budget just gone. Yeah. It wasn't. No, it was. Uh, oh, in autumn budget because you had that. You had Quasi. Who was before Quasi? You had the other guy, who obviously no one gives a shit about because you can't remember his name. Rishi Sunak. Oh bollocks. No, no. Someone right. Yeah, between Rishi and before him. Let's say that was it. Uh, no, it was the the autumn budget was Rishi Sunak, and he pledged to up the budget by one thousand five hundred pounds, costing roughly four point two billion to the taxpayer. Um, what I'm proposing, because obviously now we have to take into account that there are academies, there's still private schools, um, and stuff like that. What I'm proposing is private schools no longer being able to apply for grants unless they up the amount of, um, what do you call it? Uh, granted places, free, free spot scholarships. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Based on the amount of scholarships. The, the grant that they get given is clearly based on the amount of scholarships. So a private school is now going to be rewarded for taking more children on, on a basis that they're not paying um, actual fees. The rest of the money that private schools make should be through fees. What we'll see is private education costs rise as a result of that, I'd imagine. Why would you say because because they're getting funding, because they're getting money for scholarships, they're going to put the price... Because they're getting, no, because they're getting less, funding for scho- less funding in general, yeah. they will either, as a private school, they will either take on more scholarships, fully funded, and get the funding elsewhere, or they will increase their, their tuition fee. Obviously... Damn it! It's it's a, it's a, it's an elite. It's a, depends upon how, how much of an elite school it is. Um, you know, I mean, if they if they're like saying, you know, we offer more scholarships, but they're really elite and they're picky over their students because they are, then they'll rise the prices if they're that kind of school. But if they're like the, the private school I went to, would definitely invest in more scholarships. They take that hit. Um, definitely. Um, the elite ones would definitely be looking to up their prices for fees. However, because there are private. I believe they still pay tax because they make profit. Oh, Mitch, when you say some rich fucking bastards are paying tax, they're not paying tax. Okay, they're just not, mate. It's 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 not fair. As a school, well, as a school, I don't think they can get out of it. Obviously, there's no other ways to get out of tax, but I don't think a private school can get out of paying tax. Um, as a result of the higher tuition fees, oh, they invest the money. They invest the money in the school if they do reinvest it. What I'm saying is they should then be able to pay more tax. Now, to put a number on that, I'm not sure. It might even be the same. So a conservative view, I will say that the tax they pay, the income that the government make off private schools is going to be the same. Uh, Academies now are a thing, and their funding is slightly different than state school funding. So when I asked a, a, a friend of mine who's a teacher... He said that the funding um, was basically, so academies came about from schools that have been judged poorly by Ofsted. They ceased to be financed by the local authority, and instead, the education department fund them. It's still government funded, but it's different how that funding works. So basically, they stop being in the formula, and they start getting a funding per pupil. So it actually works out that they might get more money. Yeah, so the formula based on whether equality and where your school is located in the, the base salary. Um, that, for academies, that doesn't apply. 
it just based on the student because they were so poor they become an academy and then they get that exactly um, yes interesting wonder what exactly now they also don't they, they also don't have to follow the national curriculum which is good um however the testing however the testing which i'm going to touch on is still the same what sat uh, sats uh, sats and gcse's kind of thing uh you that, that, that testing is that what you're on about the year year six sats and then year yeah yeah, yeah 10 and 11 gcse's yeah and then a levels yeah i'm with you exactly that so what I'm going to propose, because currently the system works that on average, a school is getting six and a half thousand pounds per pupil. What I'm going to suggest is that a school gets five thousand pounds for every pupil, regardless of where they came from, if they get free school meals, if they have to have uniform paid for by the school, whatever. I'm going to propose that they get five thousand pounds per pupil. Is that whether they're in an academy? Is that whether they're in an academy or a school? It's just five grand five grand per pupil five grand per pupil so academies can still be academies because the benefit to being an academy is a curriculum thing and then the benefit from being in a state school a state funded school is going to be that you follow that curriculum but the funding generally is going to be the same obviously private schools is going to be different because it's down to fees yeah because right right so yeah right sweet I'm, I'm loving this so right basically at the moment they get six five based on the equality we've been through that you're gonna you're changing it to five grand per student not whether they're whether they create this bullshit academy to fucking create another kind of uh, benefit thing that money can go into the academy um now that's scrap that, that that division between state and academy just back into like funding wise i'm talking funding wise it's just five grand per student but with private schools they get they can either they can either get the funding they only get funding from government if they offer scholarships to bright people which kind of ties in with my whole you know well whether they're bright or not is irrelevant what i'm saying is they offer more scholarships those scholarships could be based on sporting brilliance for all i care if they offer more scholarships they can apply for more funding. yeah, well, yeah sorry I, uh, mate sorry uh, yeah no sorry i didn't mean that like intelligence i mean like gifted individuals then fine gifted individuals that will get scholarships. gifted individuals if they choose they could also just say we're in the middle of a town and we're going to offer more more scholarships in general to everyone open to everyone um now yeah, but uh, uh, sorry, I got, I got to poke a hole, mate, because I'm just trying to understand that scholarship thing. How do the kids get the scholarship? I mean, because they that means they get more money. They get for every scholarship, say they get the, the government five grand for every scholarship they get. But how do they decide who gets the scholarship? Is it just based on academia and gifted? Like, are you agreeing with that? Yes. So what? What? I mean, I'm going to go back off experience again here. So I actually was offered a part-funded scholarship at a private school when I was younger, based on. Um, and oh, I'll get me based on there was a series of paper tests. Basically, is what I had to sit, um, and my results warranted a part-funded scholarship. Um, it helped that I was also part of very good sport teams. I played for my town uh, football at the time, um, so it helped. But it was a part-funded scholarship, and I ended up not going anyway. What I'm saying is, get rid of that. If you fall within a catchment area and a private school is in that catchment area, you should be able to apply all the same. And if they, if that private school choose to test you, then that's fine. They can test you. If that private school choose to accept your application and take you on as a scholarship because you fall in the catchment area, then that's on them. 
Fair play. I love that. Because they're private. Because of their private, I don't see a point in governing how they choose to take people on that scholarship. Yeah, I, I, if we're living in this system with the private schools still, then yeah, I, I, I agree with that. I kind of, I don't like agreeing with you because I think you're a prick, but um, generally, um, <laughs> yeah, that's that's right. It's it's totally yeah. I mean, if they, it's their business, so they get to choose, right? Yeah, it's mm -hmm. fine. Okay, cool. I, I like that private school. now. When I've asked um, the, te the, the teacher that I know, who's given me excellent advice, I'd like to point out, I will be showing this podcast to him so he can hear it. Thank you again for everything that you've you, you've given me. And I hope it it really it really on with Paul today and he can agree with my side rather than rather than his. Or you can find more middle ground in what there I'm saying. There is no side, mate. There is the, the only side is that the fucking education system's fucked and it needs changing. That's it. And you're giving me this. I'm poking holes in it as much as I can, but poke as much, as many holes as you can, please, because it needs to be tested. But you're saying right? So you said five grand. Have you have you finished everything? You said five grand. To five children, grand. Yeah, and then what, and then the private schools get to run the scholarships. Okay. And then what? what so happens? the idea behind the five grand is it's. Currently, the numbers are on, a, on a, are on an average. So a school will get more per pupil based on an area that they live in, based on the area that the school's in, basically, and then performance levels. What I'm saying is because children are behind in education, potentially, more children are behind in this school, potentially, they shouldn't get more funding. It should be equal. Why kids, kids that are potentially working harder in school or potentially just naturally better at passing tests shouldn't be punished with less funding in their school. So it's 5,000 flat per pupil in every single school. What I would propose is that due to the savings of 1,500 per pupil per school, on average, obviously, that money then goes into giving the teachers a better wage. Now, we, we both know that teachers' hours are not what teachers' hours are on paper. When a teacher works... Oh, I know. Sorry, hang on a second. Poking, po sorry, sorry. I, I'm, not a I'm not a teacher. I'm just going to pause you. Teachers' age, teachers' hours. Yeah, obviously, they come home, they've got to mark the work and stuff like that. Yeah, I understand. But, mate, think about the fucking holidays, mate. I mean, honestly, summer holidays, six weeks. Easter holiday, two weeks. Christmas, two weeks. Mate, I mean swings and roundabouts with that but yeah they are underpaid for it they they are in charge of shaping our children's future they deserve more money so what i'm simply what i'm suggesting is boosting the wage or offering overtime on every teacher's contract so that if they can evidence working till say 10 o'clock at night marking papers and uh, planning lessons and stuff like that then they get overtime for that it's as simple as that. You get paid for the time you work, which I think is a right, in my in my opinion. I know some people aren't eligible for overtime in their contracts, and I would I would urge people to negotiate contracts when they are joining a company. Oh, we can we can we can get onto that in another episode for sure. Now, yeah, that's why we we got to get into that one because of the unions. Like, yeah, unions, teachers' unions, and nurses' unions. Yeah, mate. I'm keeping you going. I'm keeping you going. So, Yes, mate. Yes, because yeah, I, I yeah, I feel where you're going with that. Right, go on, Mitch. You got to you got to keep you got to you got to sum this bad boy up, mate, because you want to hear my brain, baby. So because they've been because they're getting paid a bit extra, they're then going to be more motivated in the class. Now, I would also change the curriculum, and I would sort of take away testing, 
Now, in year nine, I feel like instead of choosing GCSEs, I feel like you should sit an exam that is closed book on your basic knowledge, basically like level two English, level two maths, level two science. Oh, no, 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 mate, mate. Right, screw it, screw it. Guys, we were going to do a little bit after I was going to do some talking and tell about my reform. But, mate, Mitch, you're you're smacking it on the balls right here, mate. You're jumping on me. My the, the You're talking about my – I mean, I get your ideas. I mean, but everything you're saying about funding, love, brilliant. I poke, I poke holes, you give me some answers, but I want to give you my opinion because it seems like you're uh, it, you're taking everything. I mean, I love – sorry, I, I think that what you're saying there – is in year nine instead of taking. I promise you. I promise you. I'm almost done, mate. And then poke the holes. We'll go into yours, and I'll poke holes in yours. But yeah, okay? okay. I'm just conscious of the time because obviously, mate, I, I I feel like I bore people with my voice. I know we're conscious of the time, but, I'm, but I promise you, five minutes. So we're going to be level two, and then schools can get more funding based on other subjects that are offered at GCSE level. I'm talking finance. I'm talking economics. I'm talking Chinese. Arabic talking. Yeah, no. The reason I want the reason the reason I want to talk is because I I want you to poke holes. I want us to go backwards and forwards over this. I want us to make this child as. I mean, I love where you come with the funding. I didn't even think about doing any of that shit. But I mean, when it comes to the the, the curriculum, it's you're saying things that I'm going to say, and you're looking smart when I. Yeah, that's fine. The, the me, but we can just say that we agree. We've been away. We've not spoken about this at all all week. We're coming together with an idea, and when we find points that we both agree on and stuff like that, brilliant, happy days. And then, so what I'm saying is, schools apply for more funding based on other subjects that they offer. So if a school offers everything under the sun that you can choose at university, that school is then going to get more funding. I would also expect the teachers in that school, their wages to increase accordingly, because they not only now need to know. They need to touch specialist subjects. So teachers are going to feel more motivated to work because they actually get a financial benefit from working in these schools. The schools that offer more to pupils are going to attract more more pupils so they then get more funding so that they then get better teachers because the teachers are more financially rewarded. And the school itself can have better facilities because it offers more. Basically, the idea is when a school offers more, you get more. It's as simple as that. Fuck yeah. Hell yeah, Mitch. Fucking brilliant. I'm loving that, mate. Yeah, brilliant, mate. I'll, I'll give you a round of applause for that one, mate. I really, I you know, yeah. When they offer more, they get more and they take that. Yeah, well done, Mitch. I mean, you've definitely cracked on that. I mean, you it touched it. What I want to go on to is the whole basis of school. Okay. Um, like you've, you've hit it. You've hit it perfectly on, 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 on the financial side in this system we work for. But if we were to evolve into a utopia of new society, mm-hmm. Um, schooling hasn't evolved in a hundred years. Okay. Every 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 day you go in and you sit in a line of desks and you look at someone at the front and you, as a student, are taught to retain knowledge that they speak. Listen to me, I am speaking. Mm-hmm. It teaches you regimentalness. It teaches you what to learn, what to say, when to speak, when to go for a break, what to wear your uniform, what time to turn up, what time to go home. You know, it's just all about socially engineering us for the future, for turning us into workers in the economy. Okay. That's okay. what the that's what I'm getting at. I don't like that. I don't like the fact that when it was invented, when schooling was started, you know, when we've been, we didn't have 
information at our fingertips in mobile phones or the internet wasn't a mm -hmm. thing when we and you went to school we were had to take on that knowledge but now we live in a generation where everything we want to know is at the edge of our fingertips okay. we can get that information are you, so, from the edge of our fingertips. That's a quick question then are you going to get rid of uniform altogether i think that would be brilliant mate i think that'd be fucking brilliant of course it would mate it well, gets to as, show my, as my first polk if, if you yeah, would allow thank it thank you for asking that question thanks for asking the question i i think it's brilliant yeah yeah i i straight away i know i i know that you are this little this little social this little social meerkat you love to be in everyone be the same boat everybody be together everybody be looking out for each other i know you like that at my first hall that i would like to poke in your system if a school is in a more impoverished area and children you know, i mean i don't know what you was like as a child I know that there was kids in my school that come non-uniform there would choose to wear their uniform. And kids can be kids can be mean, mate. Getting rid of uniform, are you opening up a social divide in schools based on the clothes they wear? Because they have shitty clothes. <laughs> yeah, fine. Whatever. You, you fuck, fuck off. That, that, I don't care. I mean, if you choose... To, sorry, apologies, Mitch. I'm getting... I'm getting I, I, no, no, mate. I, I'm talking about because it's about that what to wear. You want to wear that. If your kids don't wear, and that's where it fails. If you're thinking that your kids are going to bully them because it's about showing your identity, not being ashamed of who you are, not being told you can't accomplish anything because if they're going to school and they're getting bullied, that kid needs to talk to himself like, say, no, fuck you. My dad works really hard or my mum works really hard or actually, no, my parents don't work hard. I'm going to change that. I'm wearing this. I don't want to wear this. But need to not be affected by what other children say. That, what other people say, should not matter anything to anyone. You should just be yourself. And that is what is a bit of uniqueness. And that also will lead me on to the second point. If you get people having their uniqueness, that will show them where they want to grow and how they want to be educated. So people don't want to be educated with that sitting down. Some people don't want to. And we need to figure that out. I think at a younger age, because I'm talking to parents, I'm talking to my son, my five-year-old son who goes to school, and it's a bit hard because when he went to school, I cried right. I, for the first time when he's five. I, it was really painful to drop him off, and I didn't enjoy that. And I, it was like they, they, this system we live in is tearing my son away from me at five years old to go into this school, to be socially engineered, to be part of this system that I don't actually believe in. And I, I – and, I, I, I just I thought that the best way to do it is to talk about it on the show with you. Uh, and it, it killed me. And, and other parents feel the same. They, they, they feel, when I, when I ask parents at the school, like, how do you feel about your school kid going, how does he come home? He comes mm -hmm. home totally fried, mate. Fried. Like, his brain is fried. He has processed so much information. And I think that kids should be a bit unique. I think the kindergartner stage or the nursery reception stage should be extended by a couple of years. I think the learning, the reading, the writing should start in year two or year three when they're seven years old. So they have a little bit more two years to get into the environment that they're in with their peers. Right. And then the learning starts. Okay. Exactly. So they become more social with their peers and get to discover who they are. And then they get to go into that learning, regimental learning, you know. Also, geography. Mm -hmm. Just just to poke another hole, if I could, Paul. Please. 
how similar are you right now to when you were five or six? What was five or six um, year old Paul like? Tell me. What was five or six year old Paul? Like? Oh, God, fuck. Come on, mate. Come on. Where was I? Because I went to like four different primary schools. My dad moved us around the country like we were a bloody yo yo. So, uh, five. I can't make. What mate, was? I can't remember. What was I, you I, like I, as a five or six year old? Can you remember? No, I can't really remember off the top of my head. But I, I obviously I'll go for it. You're trying to trick me into answering you like I was a little shit who didn't give a fuck about anything. Go on. No, no, no. That's not what I'm saying. No, no, not at all, mate. Not, not, not at all. What I'm saying is social social awareness. I absolutely, I completely agree with your point. I want to point that out. I'm simply point, poking a hole in it, in that I don't believe you are finding yourself at five or six years old. I believe you find yourself in that sort of like magical area between 15 to 22. That's when I believe you you become your own person. That's when you become independent. No, mate. Talk for someone who's been dealing with fucking depression for fucking ages, mate. Mentally, you don't ever know how you are. You don't know who you are. You don't. You can't. You can't say that. But I'm just giving them a basic idea on the seven years old. They get an idea of what their colleagues are like. Are not regimental learning. Sorry, but yeah, fair play. You're saying that at that age they don't really know and you don't really find it. But I think that you're always discovering about who you are every single minute of every single day. So I think yeah, that's that social awareness. I completely agree with you. I think that's a great idea. I think that's an absolutely fantastic idea. That social Brilliant. awareness and now spending that extra two years just getting to make friends boom. and build bonds and relationships, positive relationships with people your age. I think that's yeah. brilliant, especially if you're going to get rid of uniform because they're going to be friends. They're going to be really good friends by that point and then they're going to go in with no uniform, no judgment. Brilliant. Yeah, brilliant. They're not going to care. They're not going to understand that social judgment. Yeah. Thank, yeah, thanks, mate. I appreciate that because I know when you say when you say you generally think believe it, you generally believe it because you don't, you know, bullshit. You're just straight <laughs> to the point, which is why I kind of hate you and I love you. But, um, you know, it's fine. Either way. Um, anyway, so then moving on. Geography, <laughs> history, gone. RS, gone. Okay. Unless you go to a certain school that wants it to teach RS. If you're in that community, religious studies. If you want your child to learn religious studies, it's gone. Sorry, I'm saying geography and history, gone. Do you know why? Because we have Google bloody maps. Yep. And we have, you know, okay. history on Wikipedia. Doesn't need to be taught in school. Why do you need to waste that time? That needs to be replaced Ooh. with financial and political education where they get taught careers. Now, this was a very interesting thing that I think they should have elongated at my private school. It was called careers. Now, this was bloody brilliant. Hear me out. And I really think it should be started as a regimental thing instead of geography history in year seven. It's called careers. So at the beginning of the year, you were assigned a career. Okay, so I was not a dentist on £3,000 a month. I was a landscape gardener on £800 a month. It was depressing, mate. But they taught you about budgeting. In the, but we had it one hour a week. One hour a week, mate. I need You need a whole bloody morning every week on how to budget your finances. So hold on a minute. Hold on, because this is absolutely alien to me. Now, it, careers in, in my school was one meeting with a careers advisor where you talked about what you wanted to be and then you made a decision on what colleges you want to apply for. Talk to me about this careers thing because, for one, I thought we were against regimented learning and now you're telling me that we have to have this regimented learning in careers. I think it's a bit of a do-we-don't-we. No, no, regimented learning. Regimented learning, not regimented, mate. It doesn't mean regimented. It just means – I said regimented at year five to seven and, like, how you go in there. It doesn't matter how – 
you learn. I'm talking about the system of we set okay, up, we okay, sit okay. in lines, and we sit in registers, and we wear the uniform they tell us. That's why I'm saying regimental. I'm not. I'm not getting a bit of the whole like. So we have this lesson called careers. Talk to me about this. Talk to me about this. What was careers? So basically, careers was uh, a lesson where we had once a week between three and four on a Friday, which was the best lesson on a Friday. I mean, I, it was the best lesson because we all sat in groups. We all got our careers and we all sat in groups and we all had to plan if we had a dentist appointment or if we had outgoings, we'd get cards given to us and then see how much money was coming out of our pot each month to see what we can do. Um, we'd then pair up with a female or a male or a partner. I mean, they didn't want to encourage, you know, wiki, wiki, oink, oink, at that age. So they uh, basically taught us to, you know, to work as a pair to pay the cards that come out, kind of like Monopoly, but, you know, education style. And I'm wary of the time, Mitch, so I just want to keep on going, mate. If you, are you okay with that? Have you, have you, are you happy with that? Fine. Yeah. Go away, go away. Cause I, I really like that careers, by the way. I think that should be everywhere. Yeah. Fantastic. Political education brilliant good um i think financial education like i said then i think more outdoor outdoor education um okay. learning how to grow fruit grow vegetables uh fire make fire survive outside you know learn the basis of who we are we are a human race we are humans and we evolved into these people that crowd around cities and like inhabit in our little habits and our little communities but i mean go back to where we were where we come from mate we're hunters we're, we're fire makers you know we <laughs> these are the things that need to basically be like wait when putin drops his nukes on us and we go nuclear war mate you're going to want to know how to make a fucking fire okay <laughs> trust me it's it's done anyway and then i want to get on to the year nine so you know you have your primary school where it's a bit more less regimental two years seven then you get reading writing science as it is geography history gone relation with politics careers and forest outdoor education and then move on to year nine where you'll do your document general knowledge test general okay. knowledge test okay. where you in year nine you do your general knowledge test you don't pick your gcse's that they're, they're not you know you do get to pick them but it's more based on okay so you did quite well in your general knowledge test in year nine this is what it's looking like mate you look like you did how do you find that do you are you interested in that kind of thing because this the general knowledge the data that we're getting is showing that you phyllis are brilliant at political studies and you jacob are good at society and social studies so this is what I'm thinking. And then it offer them things like you said for your funding, for your GCSEs, psychology, sociology, all of that, giving them more of a wide range, but generally evolve the system, evolve it, get rid of the regimental, mm -hmm. change the education things they're teaching, and then obviously do exactly what you're doing with the funding. Mate, we have done it. We have solved the education. Let's fucking rejoice and celebrate around the fire that my five-year-old will make when I teach him. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty sure fire with five-year-olds isn't a good idea. However, um, I'm a dreamer, mate. I'm I, a dreamer, I really sure. like the idea. I do have a couple of holes that I would like to park. Um, and it was, see, so basically we're putting, your idea is almost to put more power into the teacher's hands in terms of, obviously they know where that kid is at their strongest in school and in lessons. I completely agree with you. Uh, how would a teacher approach that conversation with a child after this general knowledge test? Do they, is it advice? Is it, you know, uh, you know, I'm going to offer this, that, and the other to you? Are they going to close other things no, off? The whole, no, the whole, no, 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 not at all. 
the child gets the choice the child and the parents and the family the child is the most important thing so the kid the, the teacher's job is to guide a child yeah. to their education and then when they come to that conversation this is what this is showing you how do you feel about that okay if you want to do that that's fine however you want to do it and then they go home mm -hmm. with the teacher's report show it to their parents have a conversation with their parents and then they make the decision okay on gcse level because then you'll get a much mm -hmm. more pe people going into college with an idea of what they want to do and then when they go to college they get an idea of what they want to do and then they you know there you go that's done Mitch, yeah go on. i could i really like the idea and how it and how it guides children to have an idea of what they want to do before they're in college for example i do really like that um i worry that there are <clears throat> there are obviously a lot of roles um in jobs now that require a lot of reg regimentation we're in one now we have to wear a uniform we we're given our hours of work and we have to we have to abide by those hours we have to be up at a certain time we get home at a certain time we have a break at a certain time and we have targets to meet and it's as simple as that yeah i know but that's exactly what school is school is what's preparing school prepares you for that that's the idea but mitch i'm going to go on to that another time when you go on to unions we're going to go on to that like the working how should the working be like that but what i'm saying is this is the whole i want to poke mate is that is your school system going to prepare enough children for work in our society and I don't think it would. No, it wouldn't, because our society needs to fucking change, and that is a conversation for another time. Well, <laughs> that's a conversation for another day. But what I'm saying is, in our current, in our current system, if we were to make school reform, if if we were to put up together a petition for school reform now and introduce it into our system now in our society now, I feel like we would have suddenly an influx of of people applying for roles and going. Mm, I'm not really a morning person. I don't start being my best until 10 in the morning. Can I? Is that you, mate? Oh, mate, I, I love a lion. I'm speaking. Out. Was it that obvious? <laughs> no, but what, what, I'm, what I'm saying is, yeah. Uh, is, is, I feel oh. like, I feel like it. Mate, you're totally right. Yeah, you're totally right. Yeah, I, I, I there's no, 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 that all change starts with a little dream my friend and a little thing that can be taken and evolved and 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 you know you can't start with nothing's perfect and this is just a little brainchild that we've both had we've agreed anyway i think we should wrap this bad boy up mate it's been this has been awesome talking to you I, I i definitely think mate i like a lot of your ideas i like a lot of your suggestions i think that your system in a in in an in an idyllic world and an, an idealistic society i think it would have a lot of positives I don't feel like your school system would potentially set people up for life. I think that careers thing, by the way, is an absolute stroke of genius. Whoever, whoever decided that in your schools needs a pair of eyes. Um, oh, it was me. It was me. I, I, it was me. It was all me. All you? Well, I think you need, you're need. you on way, way too little money because that's a stroke of genius. That um, I, I, I don't feel like, it, even though that careers bit does set people up for life at work, I don't feel like the actual rest of the education in secondary school would. you're talking about because of the regimental the regimental times and stuff yeah mate if there are roles that require regimentation and i don't feel like if you if you introduce that regimentation at 18 rather than at five six seven you know i feel like there's going to be so much more backlash yeah they, they, you don't know mate we don't no one knows because it's never been tried and until you try new things it's just not gonna, you know 
So we can we can brainstorm as much as we can. Before we end the podcast, I would like to go back to our prison reform um, episode and point out that there's a book called A Bit of a Stretch by Chris Atkins. Um, it's a book on how he went to prison, um, saw what it was like in the, his ideas on reform as well. For any of our listeners that was that enjoyed the prison the prison episode, go back and read that book. It's a it's an interesting read, so I'm told. Does he say anything about legalizing cannabis? I don't think he, I don't. I'm not too sure. I didn't read it. Picture books are more my style, Paul. You see? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, mate, I like the pop up books. I like the pop up books. Mate. I'm all about that, um, mate. Dude, uh, as always, listeners, any comments, please. Lot fence Twitter. Get in touch. Give us your opinions. If you totally agree, thumbs up. If you're totally down. If you have any other different views, please let us know. Mitch, post that book on prison reform about what that gentleman who went to prison went in. Post that book so our readers have an opportunity to read that. But until next time, I'm Paul. And I'm Mitchell. Have a good evening. Cheers, Mitch. <laughs>